0: Chapter ten, Mark chapter 10, powerful song, I give myself away, and man, if, if you sing that with everything that's in you, and you mean those words as you're singing them, proclaiming them, you realize that, um, you know, we, we say this quite often around here, that at Anchor Faith Church, you get Two messages. Two for the price of one. Can you? There's no better deal in town. Come on, you can't beat that. You tithe once, you get two messages. I mean, you just, amen. You get two messages, and um, the words that we sing are just as important as the words that we preach. We're very careful to sing and proclaim the word of God, because that is the message in song. And If I'm going to have you sing the words that are on these screens, and if I'm going to have you repeat the words and sing along with our worship leaders and our worship team, uh, they had better be the word of God. You know, sometimes uh, songs are derived out of emotional uh, opportunities, out of stuff that sounds good and feels good. Um, But we need to measure things according to the word. You wouldn't measure, you wouldn't want me up here preaching something, uh, just an emotional uh, message, so we shouldn't be singing emotional songs should be deeper than that. You are not designed to be led by your emotions. Your emotions are designed to respond to your spirit. I'll say that again because that's that's contrary to what the world thinks, but you are not designed to live and be led by your emotions. Your emotions were designed to respond to the spirit man inside of you. So you are a spirit. You possess a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in a body. And the spirit, everything should should be stirred and should be uh, uh, operating out of your life from the spirit, not from your body. Your body doesn't tell you what to do. And your mind, your will, and your emotions don't tell you what to do. And when your spirit man starts taking direction from your body or from your soul, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. When your spirit starts taking orders from your soul, from your mind, your will, or your emotions, well, I just don't feel like it. You know, the, the kingdom is full of stuff that we don't feel like doing. And if we are living and led by feelings, you will not accomplish uh, anything that God has called you to do. And if we live by what our body says and by what our body thinks and if, we, if our body is, is uh, dysfunctioning, but our spirit is designed to put all that stuff in order. That's why until you come into the kingdom, you won't experience full life. You'll experience a life dictated by the body or dictated by the mind or dictated by your will, your agenda, your desires or dictated by your emotions. But then when we come into the kingdom, we get to experience a new life, a new life that's now dictated by my spirit. And Paul said that I crucify the flesh. That does not mean that I'm literally hanging myself back up on a cross. That means that I'm dying to the desires, the intentions, the purposes, the agendas, the talking, all that stuff that's in this external realm. I shut that down because my spirit is now the one that is dictating what's going to happen in my life. That's new life in Christ. That's what a new believer ought to look like. That's what the new life in the kingdom ought to represent and and, and ought to be presented to the world as as an individual. Man, you look sick. Yeah, but by the grace of God, I've already been healed. I've already been by his stripes. I was healed. So this stuff that you're seeing, I'm not moved by these symptoms. I'm not moved by all this stuff that's showing up on the outside because I've already received healing. So if you'll just touch and agree with me. Right now that my healing will be in why I'm, I'm waiting for some I'm not my faith doesn't create something. My faith moves something. The healing is already available. It's just in a different realm. I just got to move it from the natural or from the spirit to the natural. It's already there. God is not up in, in heaven trying to get together another concoction so you can get your healing. Well, let me see what else I can do. He's done. Jesus said it is Finished. Not halfway, not 99% of the way. He said, it's all done. It's all complete. Now just take hold of it. Now just take hold of it. It belongs to you. And so now, as a new believer in Christ, as now that I've received this new life, I have access to something that nobody else in the world has access to. I've got access to something. This is why we can't live life locked up in what we see and being moved by what we hear. Paul said, I'm not moved. None of it moves me. None of it moves me. Yeah, I hear it. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, the doctor's report came in, and this is what they had to say. Yeah, sure, this is what the banker had to say about our financial situation. Sure, this is what the bank account looks like right now. Sure, I'm in a, in a broken situation in my marriage, but that's not the way it has to be. I've got access to something else. Sure, I may have a, a, a really bad temper and lose my mind and, and lose control sometimes, but I've got control. I've got self-control. It's accessible to me somewhere else, and I just need to access it and bring it into my life. You don't have to blow up at your wife. You don't have to blow up at your kids over the littlest things. You can you can stop and and you can have self-control by the Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of the nature. You can't produce it on your own. You've been trying. You've been trying all your life. You've been trying to, to conjure it up on your own. Well, I could be patient. No, you can't. It's a fruit of the spirit. Why? Well, I, I can walk in love. I, I can walk in love to people. I mean, they may not see eye to eye with me, and they may not look just like me, But but I could be. No, you can't be loving. You don't have access to that. It's a fruit of the spirit. So if you don't make yourself available to the spirit of God, you won't yield the fruit of the spirit. It's fruit. That means it's a result. It's a result. Fruit is a result. We're about to enter into harvest time for a lot of our farmers, and they are about to collect upon the result of what they've been investing. So if you haven't been depositing it, quit trying to withdraw it. If you haven't been putting it in the ground, you can't walk out to the ground and and start reaping something that was never put in in the first place. But man, when we start yielding to the fruit of the spirit, that means I've got to give attention to the spirit. That means I've got to give attention and quit looking at what I see with my eyes and quit looking at what I hear with my ears and quit watching everything that's going on around me. It doesn't move me. I have access to something by the spirit and now I got to tap into that through the spirit. That's the life of the believer. And so um, I don't know how we got on that, but somebody needed it. Amen. But Mark chapter 10, we need to yield to the spirit. You are you are more than meets the eye. There is more to you. Look at your neighbor and say there's more to you than meets the eye. Look at your neighbor. There's more to you than meets the eye. Look at the other neighbor. and say, There's more to me than meets the eye. Look at the other neighbor. There's more to me than meets the eye. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. You just wait until I tap into the spirit. You just wait. I I know it might look horrible on the outside, but you just wait. You don't know how close you are. We said that on Wednesday night. You don't know how close you are to the victory you're believing for. You don't know how close you are to the healing you've been waiting for. You don't know how close you are to that breakthrough you've been standing for. You don't know how close you are because you can't go by what you see on the outside. You've got to tap into something else. What if it was one more prayer away? What if it was one more song away? What if it was one more rejoicing, lifting your hands uh, to the Lord and and praise rather than complaining? What if that was the one thing? Would you cut it off for that? No, we need to sell out to the spirit. In Mark chapter 10 and verse. um, Start with 17, Mark 10, verse 17. It says, now, as he was going out, this is Jesus on the road. One came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit? Inherit means to collect upon. Inherit means what's in it for me. Inherit means how do I get access to something? That I may inherit eternal life. So Jesus said to him, I mean, that's a pretty good question now. Not everybody's asking that question. Everybody wants to. Most people are, you know, trying to access stuff in the natural. How do I inherit more money? How do I, you know, inherit, meaning I didn't do anything for it. you realize that's what inheritance is. I mean, you did you did you all you had to do was show up. <laughs> and I thank God that there is an inheritance for the believer that all you had to do was show up. You know, that's the love of God. All you had to do to receive the love of God is exist. Isn't that the coolest thing? All I had to do was be born, and God says, I love them. You haven't even done anything yet, right or wrong, anything worth deserving of the love of God. And he says, I like you. I love you. I want you in my family. I love you so much that I've already taken care of, of all the, the mess-ups and all the mishaps and all the, all the failures and all the frustrations that you're going to bring to me. I, I've already taken care of all of it. All you got to do is show up. And you're loved by God. And we make a big deal about the love of God. And it's, it's a great deal. Because God is love. You, you can't even talk about love, real love, without talking about God. You cannot remove God from the equation and still try to define the love of God. It's impossible. 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 All we need is love. You're sure right, we, all we need is love. But all we need is God. If we, get, if we can get God, we'll get love. But there is an inheritance laid up for the believer that all you have to do is just tap into it. And so he says, what, should I, what do I need to do? What can I do that I should inherit eternal life? I want this eternal life that you're talking about. And um, Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? Jesus totally missed the whole question. He just said, wait a minute, you call me good? Why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is, God, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept, kept, kept from my youth. So he's asking about what do I get? And then he responds with what have I kept? So far, everything is in his possession. Then Jesus, looking at him. Loved him. I love that they put those two words in there. Because the following statement might not sound like love to most people. Now, this is a rich, young ruler. There is no pastor on this planet that wouldn't want this guy in their church. He's rich, he's young, and he's got some influence. That is the kind of, if we could have a church of rich, young rulers, we would think. I want somebody with money. I want somebody with some influence that knows how to lead and can, can take over some roles in the church. Man, I mean, I'm thinking of all kinds of things that you can delegate to this guy. He's a ruler. And he's young. He can stick around for a while. He can do some stuff. He's got some energy. He's got some spunk. He's got some tenacity. He's going to go after some things. He's a rich, young ruler. But Jesus' response doesn't really cater to the rich, young ruler. He says, one thing you lack. You don't tell a rich, young ruler he lacks something. You're missing something. Well, what could it be? I've got money. I'm young, and I'm here to to lead people. What what else do you want from me? He says, one thing you lack. Go your way. Sell whatever you have. He says, go your way. Go your way. Sell whatever you have. And look at the next word. And give. And give. So he says, how do I get? And look what I've kept. And Jesus' response is, But you still have yet to give and see many times we come into the kingdom to accumulate something to get access to something with the what do I get out of it mentality. And Jesus is responding here to a rich young ruler that says, let me tell you something. The kingdom is not identified by what you get and by what you keep, but the kingdom is identified by what you give. I'll say that again. The kingdom is not identified by what you get and by what you keep. The kingdom is identified by what you give. In essence, Jesus is saying, are you willing to pay the cost? Because value is not determined by what you have, but value is yet determined by what you're willing to give. I can have $25,000 and go shop for a vehicle, and someone can say, here's this vehicle for $25,000. And my value is not based upon uh, how much I have, but it's how much I'm willing to give for that vehicle. The value of the vehicle is not determined by, well, I've got it. I don't think it's worth $25,000. i will give you twenty. That's the value that I've assessed to it. And so he's not wanting to – the rich young ruler has a value attached to himself. But now Jesus is wondering, what value have you placed on my kingdom? Because that's all that Jesus talked about. He was obsessed with the kingdom. Everywhere he went, he talked about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is like this, and the kingdom of God is like that. And so Jesus is trying to recognize, trying to help discern here, are you thinking that, you, that, that, that the value of this thing is based upon what you bring to the table or what you are willing to give up for the cause? We just sang the song, I give myself away. Because here's the thing, there's always a value. There's always a value. And so this rich young ruler is asking, What's in it for me? Well, how valuable is what's in it for you? That's the question. What are you willing to give up to be a part of this cause? You want to inherit eternal life. What are you willing to lay down to inherit? The eternal life. Now, this is a different conversation. Essentially, what this man is asking, uh, he's asking Jesus, How, I, I want to come follow you. I want to be a part of what you're, you're proclaiming and what you're, what, what, what you're doing. We see the miracles. We hear you teach with authority and signs and wonders Follow you everywhere you go. I mean, you're, you're doing some crazy things. We've never seen anybody like this. We've heard the scribes. We've heard the Pharisees. We've heard the Sadducees. We've, we've seen the elders. We, we've seen all this stuff. But nothing, uh, you, you are demonstrating something different than what those men bring to the table. But Jesus, when he called disciples, in Mark chapter 1, in Mark chapter 1 in verse 16, Mark chapter 1 in verse 16, and as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. For they were fishermen. Verse 17, then Jesus said to them, and notice they were fishermen. They're not rich young rulers. Look who Jesus is going after. I mean, he's choosing his disciples. He's choosing those that are going to usher in the church. They're the ones that are going to set this thing up, this kingdom that is being proclaimed. These are the ones that are going to carry the torch beyond Jesus. They're not rich young rulers. They're fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you, look at the next word, become, become fishers of men. I will make you become fishers of men. See, the rich young ruler came asking, what do I get? And Jesus is trying to say, it's not, you don't come into this thing for what you can receive. You come into this thing for what you can become. You don't come into this thing because of what you can get out of it. It's what you can become from it. Oh, this is a cost. This is discipleship now. We're talking about the cost that's involved. They followed Jesus with no promise of what they would have, but Jesus did promise them what they would be. He, in fact, he promised them, you will, you will end up with nothing. He promised them it's almost you can you can pretty much count on it. you will lose your life over this thing, but he said anyone that loses their life for my sake finds it, but anyone who tries to keep their life will lose it see this this is how the kingdom works this is it changes now it's it's backwards it's contrary to what the world says. The world says if you want to gain keep and Jesus says, if you want to get give." Because unto him that gives, more shall be given back. And so we've got to understand what this cost looks like. As individuals, as believers in the kingdom, what's it going to cost you? Meaning, what are you going to lay down? What are you going to put down? And, you know, this this can be a tough message to preach uh, uh, in America because we have access to a lot of stuff in this nation that we never fought for. There are others that are fighting for. It. We've got military all across this room that are fighting for freedoms that we profess, and 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 the opportunities that we have in this nation that other peoples are going other people are going to war for. They're giving their lives for it. Those families are giving their lives for it. And we just get to sit back and enjoy the rewards and the benefits. But th- that's not the kingdom of God. Probably one of the most mo- most difficult. Nations to preach the kingdom message to is this nation right here, the American nation, because of the stuff that we enjoy and the the, the opinions that we can we can blast all over uh, social media and 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 we can say whatever we want with no recourse. Everybody's opinions valued. Everybody uh, un- until it's not your opinion, and then you know. We have the right to express our opinion, and we also have the right to express that my opinion is that your opinion is garbage. <laughs> the freedoms, the freedoms that we enjoy, but, God, but Jesus came to preach a, a, a kingdom. He came to preach a message that said freedom is found in what you lay down, not what you gain access to. What are we willing to let go of? What are we willing to lay down? What are we willing to? to put down. This 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 issue with the rich young ruler is not a message. It's not a message of wealth. It's not a message of riches. It's not a message of of God doesn't want us to have money. That's not the God that I serve. And and that would be contrary to the rest of the book. So you gotta keep every verse and every passage in line with the rest of the Bible. And the Bible proclaims a different message. The Bible shows me a different God that wants me blessed. That wants me. But here's the thing He doesn't, He's saying you can't belong to the kingdom if you belong to something else. What does that mean? That means it orders you around. That means it dictates you. That means it determines the direction of your life. That's why he said, go your way, sell whatever you have. He wasn't trying to make him poor. He was trying to help him recognize until you belong to the kingdom, you uh, if you belong to wealth and riches, you can't belong to the kingdom. If it orders you around, if it And if you go on and read, he went away sad. Why? The greatest opportunity stands before you, man. Jesus is giving you the opportunity to come follow him. This is the cause of Christ. This is the cause of the kingdom. Why would you turn this down? Why would you shun that? Why would you turn away? Why would you reject access to the kingdom of God? But people do it every day. See, we just sing sing a song. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Because if I belong to the kingdom, I can't belong to anything else. And then right after that, we sing, I give myself away. Because you will never experience the kingdom holding on to what you have. You'll never experience what God has for you until you become who he wants you to be. And until you belong wholly to his kingdom, to his cause, to his purpose. See, Jesus wasn't interested in just gaining followers. He ended up going to the cross all by himself. Right. Jesus wasn't interested in, 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 in making people happy. They wanted to make him a, a physical king. They wanted him to stay in, in their town, and just stay here, and just minister, and just, just stay here and come preach to us. And, and he said, I can't do that. I have to go to the other towns because this is the purpose for which I have been sent. This is the purpose for which I exist. I have been sent here not to just stay here around people that love me and like me and hug me and want to hear more and just sit and listen to my team. I've got to go to the other towns also. I've got to go to the other villages as well. This is the purpose. Jesus knew his purpose and his purpose dictated what he did with his life. His purpose dictated where he went. His purpose dictated what he said. His purpose dictated who followed him and who didn't. Again, this is a young man. This is an individual that we would have gone running after. And Jesus said, you're going to have to come. You're going to have to keep up. Keep up or fall behind. Keep up. Belong to the kingdom. If anything else has you, I don't, is what Jesus says. He's telling the young man, give yourself away. He's not asking for his money. He's asking for him. He's not asking for his money. Because if if you can't handle someone else having what you have, you're not going to make it here. If you can't handle letting go of and, and it comes down to trust and assurance and rely. Who are you really relying on? Are you relying on the money or are you relying on me? I got to know because there's going to come a day. When you're going to have to follow me. See, our military, they go through. Boot camp. Boot camp. I tried to explain this over in Africa, and they, they had a hard time understanding, but I know I'll have an easier time here, especially in Valdosta. I have any military in the room? Any military? There we go. Yep. Ex-military. You know what boot camp is. It's not just a place that you go and wake up early and, and learn how to make your bed and eat certain kinds of food. That's That's not what it's about, right? I, are we all air force? Do I have any other I got army back there. I know most are air force got army over here We've got some marines. They're not in here today boot camps different for everybody. I know but at the end of the day It's a retraining It's to find out how much of you are you willing to lay down So that we can get all of you because when we're at war when we're in battle I we can't so hold on. Let me make my bed real quick You got to learn how to respond quickly and you got to learn how to pay attention the first time I say it, not two, three, four, six, eight, ten times. you got to be able to hear me, uh, I, don't, I don't feel like it. That's not going to work when you're at war. i got to know how much i got. i got to know if you can respond to me quickly. i know, I got to know if you can put things in order quickly. And there, there is, I mean, when they, they go down, they tell you how to cut your hair. They tell you how to wear your clothes. Why? They are stripping you of anything that says, I would rather. Because when you get an order that says, you have now been assigned to Valdosta, Georgia, and you say, Valdosta, who, what? Is that a desert? What's out there? What? You, you, don't get a, you don't get a call. Hey, um, I don't like it here. There's bugs. It's hot. There's no beach over here. There's no family here. How many of you, 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 don't, have five, you don't have family within 300 miles of this place? Look at, look at those people. Why? Because you've been assigned. You've been assigned and you've got to follow the order. Why? Because there's a cause. The freedom of this nation. Fending off against enemies that would like to take this nation down, protecting the civilians in this nation. You are serving a purpose that's greater than your desire. You're serving a purpose that's greater than your will. You're serving a purpose that is, is, is beyond. And even when people trash you and even when people kneel down at the flag and when, even when people do things that are offensive, you say, I'll still go fight because that's what I've been ordered to do. That's why I'm here. I will stay the cause. And that's what Jesus is trying to get out of this rich young ruler. He's trying to determine how much of you do I have. Because when we go to battle, and when we go to war, and when your life is on the line, and when your family's life is on the line, now see, that's one, that's one thing that they say, denounce Jesus or I'll cut your head off. But what about if they bring your child in and say, denounce Jesus or I'm going to put a bullet in your son's brain? Well, that sounds harsh. I don't know, I don't know. Well, Jesus said, if you love father or mother more than me, The cause comes first. See, this is the message of priority. Priority. Because what you prioritize does not get compromised. What you prioritize. See, if you have something that you say you value, but it continually gets compromised, man, I love my truck. I just love it so much. You haven't washed it in about three months. When's the last time you changed the oil? Why is it making that noise? How come it's so nasty in here? It smells horrible. Oh, I love my truck. No, you don't. You say you love your truck, but it constantly gets compromised. Because when you make a priority of something, you make sure at all costs, I do not compromise that. If you make a priority of your family, you make sure at all costs we have time together as a family. If you prioritize your marriage and you make sure date night happens every Thursday night no matter what. And when you prioritize your finances and you guard it and you make sure you're not just spending it on whatever you want, but you're saving for something particular. When you prioritize church and you make sure you're in church and, you, well, we haven't seen you in the last four weeks. Well, I love my church. My church is the greatest place. on place. We have a lot of people that go to Anchor Faye Church that don't go to Anchor Faye Church. Can I just say that? Can I just say that? But every church has that. It's not just Anchor Faith Church. I mean, they'll tell you all day long, man, my pastor. What's the last thing he preached? What's the last thing he said? When was the last time you were there? What, what are you serving? What, what area are you serving in? What capacity are you, you helping out in? Because that's what reveals the priority, not just with our mouth. And Jesus said that these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And he's making sure with this rich young ruler, we don't have someone that wants to honor with lips, but a heart that has departed the cause of the kingdom. Are we in it for what we can get out of it? Or do we recognize that there's a cost? And when you prioritize something, when you say yes to one thing, you've got to say no to something else. We can't say yes to everything. We can't say, I mean, you, you've seen those people that try to say yes to everything. They're just, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'll help you. Now, be honest. If you can't do it, just tell me. I don't want you running ragged trying to, because something's getting compromised. Your family time's getting compromised. Your wife is getting compromised. Your your, your finances are getting compromised because you're helping everybody out. When you set your priorities, you're also identifying what you're not going to do. And you have to be willing to do that. We have to be willing to do that. In Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. There's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. And we can't come in saying, What's in it for me? What's in it for me? I mean, most of these individuals that join the military. I mean, deep down, they didn't join it for what's in it for me, just for the paycheck, just to get me through school. Just so. no, they joined it because they believe in a cause. They believe in a nation. If you don't believe in this nation, you're not going to fight for it. And you're not going to lay your life down. I can tell you that right now. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not going to sacrifice where you live. And you're not going to sacrifice what you do for the next 20, 25 years of your life being ordered and dictated what you're going to do with your life. Where you're going to raise your kids and when you're going to pull them out of school and when you're going to you're going to have to move them halfway across the country or around the world. When you're going to to miss kids birthdays, you're going to miss Christmas, you're going to miss things. You don't sacrifice all that. You don't lay all that kind of stuff down. For a paycheck. Because you believe in something and Jesus wants to know, do you believe in the cause that I'm laying my life down for? And in Luke chapter 14, verse 25, now great multitudes went with him. Great multitudes. So what follows here is not just for 5 full ministers or, or pastors or, 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 or evangelists that travel and teach. This is not just for, uh, you know, the, the top-tier believers or those that are real spiritual. This is the multitude. That means it's just anybody that showed up to hear Jesus speak. And this is what he has to say. Great multitudes went with him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. I mean, that's pretty cut and dry. Now, he's not saying hate as in I, I, I have uh, ill will towards them or I, I wish they didn't even exist or I wish that he's saying he's talking about value. And if earthly relationships are of higher priority than your relationship with God and being in the kingdom, you will not be able to be a disciple. This is his words. Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And I love that he says cannot come after me. He's identifying I'm going before you. I'm not telling you to do something I wouldn't do. I'm not telling you to do something that I would not myself do. I'm laying my, my, my life down first so that you can take it up and lay yours down as well. That's what he's saying. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and look at this and count the cost. Count the cost. What's it going to take? How much will it cost? Do I have what it takes? Do I place that same value? Because see, Jesus is not uh, uh, see. If I'm a car salesman and I say, "Oh, it's worth 25000 thousand," you say, "Well, it's worth twenty." I say, "Okay, I'll do twenty." I just lowered the value down to twenty. I thought it was worth twenty five, and I said it was worth twenty five. But if I'm willing to bring it down to your level, but Jesus says, "No, no, no, it's twenty five. Take it or leave it." Bottom line, this is how much it's worth. It's worth you laying down your life. It's worth you laying down your agenda and your ideas and your desires. and your, It's worth that. And um, if you don't have the same value I have, then you just simply can't be a part of it. This is Jesus' words. Count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him? Who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. And he wraps it up with this. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Cost reveals value. Cost reveals value. And I want to show you today that this is the nature of the kingdom. This is not just a decision. You don't come into the kingdom based off of just a mere decision, coming down to an aisle, uh, coming down an aisle, coming to an altar, praying and weeping and, and, and crying out to the Lord. You reveal your discipleship by what you're willing to lay down beyond the cross. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for the cross. Thank God that the sacrifice was made. Thank God that the price was paid. Worship team, if y'all would just go ahead and come on. Uh, We're going to take communion this morning together because we are going to recognize the cost, the sacrifice, the, 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 the cost that was paid. So that we could even be in this kingdom. The reason you get to even lay your life down. Is because he laid his life down first. The reason we get to even make that choice. That says, I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm not going to live for what I can get out of it. I'm not going to enter in saying, all right, now what's in it for me? See, if you came into the kingdom saying, can I get into the kingdom so I can go to heaven one day? That was the wrong motivation. The motivation is now, what do you want to do with my life? How can I be used by you? Not for what I can receive, but for what I can give away. And you might not feel like a rich young ruler, but I'm telling you right now, everybody in this room is a rich young ruler. You have something to give away. You have something of value. But the question is, do you value what you have? Everyone has a one thing. I'll serve God as long as. I'll do this up to. As long as you don't get me out before 9 a.m. As long as you don't do anything on Wednesday nights. As long as my wife loves me, I'll respond back in love. But if she doesn't love me, then we all have a one thing. What is that one thing? What is that one thing that we can lay down? What is that one thing that we can put down and we can say, It is not worth more than the call to the kingdom. What is that one thing that we can say? I am willing to lay it all down. There is nothing I'm willing to hold on to that would keep me from answering the call. Going after the purpose and the cause of Christ. Stand up with me. Ushers, if you would go ahead and bring the elements on down. Today is a day of counting the cost. Today is a day of counting the cost. Jesus counted the cost. I'll read it. I'll read it over in Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26. You can just read it on the screens. Jesus is in the garden. He knows what's about to come. He knows what it's going to cost him. He knows what he's going to have to lay down. And in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, it says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with them Peter, the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh my Father, if it is possible, we've all had those, we've all had those moments. If it's possible let this cup pass from me. But if you're going to have a if it's possible, you better have a nevertheless. If you're going to have something rise up and say, if it's possible, may I not have to endure this? May I not have to go through this? But you better have some resolve on the inside that says, but regardless of what your answer is, not as I will, but as you will. See, Jesus didn't want that young man's money. He wanted that young man's will. He wanted that young man's desires. He wanted that young man's agenda. He wanted to know, are you willing to lay down, are you willing to put down your agenda, your will, for my will? And Now we get to come here today we get to celebrate with communion, taking of the bread, taking of the juice, acknowledging and recognizing the life that was laid down for us. The life that was laid down. Thank God that he paid the price. Thank God that he laid it all down. This is how we do this. This section, and this half of the middle section here, if you'd come to Mr. Matt over here section over here, this half of our middle section, just come on down, grab the elements from La Dawn. You can go ahead and start coming. Return back to your seat. While you're receiving, we're going to sing this song, nothing, nothing but the blood. What can wash? What can wash? we thank you for the blood we thank you for the price we thank you for the sacrifice may we acknowledge this moment may we recognize in this moment the real sacrifice that was made the cost you counted the cost in that garden you had the opportunity to walk away but you said not my will but your will be done. If you would go ahead and take the bread. Jesus said, take of this bread and eat. For it is my body. It's my body that was broken. My body that was laid down. My flesh that was carved open. Stripes on his back. Nails in his hands punched in the face, ridiculed and mocked so that we could receive healing and restoration in our own bodies, healing and restoration in our physical bodies. Father, we thank you that your son's body was broken on that day, laid down, sacrificed. Father, we give you glory for what the broken body means to us you may take, break, and eat. Jesus said, this wine represents my blood, blood that was shed for every transgression, for every sin, for every failure in our life, every time we've disobeyed the word of the King. We have the blood of Jesus that not merely covers but wipes it away. Our sins have been wiped away. We have been made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for the blood of your Son that was poured out that day. We thank you that the blood covers our sins. We no longer have to live bound by sin. But we can trample over sin. Because victory was won that day through the blood of Jesus, you may drink. Sing that again, O precious. Whatever it costs, whatever it costs, we will not compromise. We will not retract. We will not pull away. We will not walk away sad like the rich young ruler. But we accept the cost. We accept the cost to follow you. Lay down our cross.